I came from a background of construction, zero sales experience at all. The other great thing about Family First Life is the, the sharing of knowledge. No one guards knowledge here. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's edition of The Climb. We have Jamie Cheerio, who's in our office today, and we're gonna just really dive into uh, Jamie's business. Jamie, you are at the executive vice president level, correct? Which is, which is awesome. It just means that, that his business and the agents that they work with uh, are out there helping massive amounts of family every month. And I think that's, that's just awesome. So really, I, I know Jamie's like, you know, uh, internet famous in regards to his phone training. Uh, but what I really want to hear from Jamie is a little bit different. You came to our sales conference a couple months ago. He was sharing some information on recruiting and I am waiting for this moment so I could actually ask my own questions. So my first question, Jamie, would be when you are looking to recruit someone, what is like, what are three questions that you ask or three conversations that you want to get on the table first yeah. when you're really deciding that if this is going to be someone you want to recruit? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So for me, obviously, uh, I want to make sure they've watched whatever the overview video is that we have. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the phone with them re-explaining what a 15-minute video that does a much better job of how I could even explain the business could even do. Um, so I want to make sure they've watched that video. If they haven't watched that video, uh, we will schedule another conversation. Hey, when do you think you could watch that video? I could probably watch it by tonight. Okay, perfect. I'll call you. What time tonight? Seven. All right, I'll call you at 7.15. Perfect. So that's number one. If they haven't watched the video, if it's a cold market recruit, phone call's over. Okay. Um, if it comes from some sort of a job hiring type posting website, um, then I want to know, are you, are you okay that this is 100% 1099 commission sales? Because okay. if you're not 100% down for commission sales, this isn't going to be the right fit for you if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for something that's hourly, salary. This isn't it. So I need to know if you understand based on the video that you watch, this is 100% commission-based sales and this is you know the life that you kind of want to you know go after, number uh, two. And then number three would be, um, are you willing to buy leads? And then explaining to them the importance of leads, um, explaining that leads are the lifeblood of our business and that if they're not willing to invest into their leads and like, I didn't know I had to invest anything, explain to them traditional business versus insurance, explaining to them friends and family versus leads, saying which one sounds better. And if they don't want to buy leads, then it's probably not going to be a good fit. If they say yes to all of those things, are you willing to move fast? Are you willing to get your license in the next 21 days? Yes or no. If you're not willing to move fast, this probably isn't going to be a good fit for you either. Yes. Awesome. Perfect. I'll have someone reach out to you and we'll go ahead and get you set up in class. I think that's great because I think a lot of times when we're recruiting, we want to ignore the big things about our business that make us successful. Yeah. And those are, you know, do you understand that there is not a paycheck involved in this? Yeah. Do you understand that you have to invest in yourself? And do you understand that if you want this, you have to move? Yeah. So I love that. I think that's super valuable. So what would you say? Cause I think, and we were just talking about this, you're, you like that cold market when it comes to recruiting. I like the cold market. I think warm market is by far the best ROI yep. in regards Agreed. to your advertising because mm -hmm. if I'm in a poor 
thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars into cold market recruiting strategies, or I could talk to somebody that I know. It costs me nothing, except for a little bit of pride sometimes, because I have a huge list. I call it my chicken list of people that I think, for whatever reason, are doing better than me, that I don't want to reach out to, that I know would crush it here. Uh, but those people, you find them, there's already immediate trust. Where when I recruit someone from my warm market, they'll buy leads. And they'll buy a thousand or two thousand dollars worth of leads, not three hundred dollars in leads. Mm-hmm. Because there's someone that knows me and I can say, Hey, here's exactly what happened to me and they'll trust me. Mm-hmm. Cold market, on the other hand, they don't know me, so I have to build trust in some way, shape, or form. So if I'm able to get them through class, contracting, licensed, buying their first policy, I need to get them um, or buying their first set of leads, I need to get them to sell their first policy as soon as possible. Yep. If I help them sell their first policy, get their first commission, I've now built trust. And now in building that trust, I can get them to reinvest back in the leads. I can get them to open up their contact list, warm market for recruiting. Um, every cold market can become your warm market yeah. by awesome. helping them make their first sale, building that trust. Now they're your warm market. Now who do you know? Awesome. That's awesome. I like the thought process of, because this is a trust business. Mm-hmm. It really is. If you ask someone to invest in themselves when no one's ever asked them to do that. Yeah. They've, they've been punching a time clock that someone else set up for them. So you're asking them to trust themselves yeah. and, and being able to change that cold market recruit into your warm market because then that trust is there. Uh, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, so what do you think that people that are in a career that have been doing something for a long time that may be unhappy or looking at a ceiling in their business, what do you think they need to hear to entice them to start looking at life insurance sales? It's a great question because you can look in so many different areas if you're not happy because just commission-based sales in general, control of how much money you want to make based on how much work that you want to put in. I think the question is, number one, do you want to have that uncapped income and are you willing to live the lifestyle of a commission-based salesperson? I think that's first. And then once you decide that commission-based sales is the place that you're willing to be, now what's the best opportunity for me? We talk about best business ever because you could say life insurance, this is why life insurance over car sales, this is why life insurance over solar sales, this is why life insurance over real estate, traditional business ownership, whatever that is. And once you land on life insurance, you can land on life insurance for so many different reasons we don't need to go into. Mm-hmm. And then it's why Family First Life. Why Family First Life out of all the other insurance companies? And, and we can go down a list. Best comp. We've got renewals day one. We don't pay for training. No fees. Training from top producers. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on on why you pick Family First Life. But why insurance? Specifically for me, uh, I'd been in traditional business, I'd been in network marketing, everything that I did from commission-based sales was friends and family recruiting. And at a certain point, you run out of friends and family, and when you send one more direct message on Facebook telling them about your new opportunity, you're just you're going to get blocked. And then also, when I'd call somebody to catch up, I'd done it so many times that they knew it was a transactional catch-up. It's, hey, how have you been? Yeah. What have you been up to? Yep but actually I'm really just hitting you up because here's this new opportunity that I'm launching. What I love about Family First Live is I was able to come here, not tell a soul in the world. My wife knew we're gonna make a lead purchase and I'm gonna go to work. And I went out and I met with people I did not know who raised their hand saying, I need some help with life insurance. I went out and I met with them, helped a couple families, got some deposits, had a light bulb go off for myself. I could do this every week. 
Uh, and what was cool about Family First Life and you know some different platforms like this podcast and other ones is that by going out there and helping families, um, you know, I, there's this this cliche saying, you know, your friends and family won't start to support you until strangers start to celebrate you. Mm-hmm. And when I got put on, a, I got put on a podcast with Grady, and then people are like, dude, what are you doing on a podcast? What's the, what's this about? Like, what <laughs> what is this? You're helping 10, 15, 20 families in a week. What is this? And what's crazy is that through that platform and through just trying to seek to be at the top of the leaderboard from a sales perspective, strangers from my friends and family's perspective started celebrating me, tagging me on things, recognizing me in things. And it wasn't, you know, for me, yeah, it's cool to get recognition, but it was cooler that it ended up on my timeline and my friends and family saw it. And I started receiving inbound messages from people saying, tell me about what you're doing. Now, you don't receive inbound messages if you're not at the top of the leaderboard. Right. You don't receive inbound messages if you're not finding success. So finding success from a personal sales perspective, I haven't had to send a single direct message the entire time I've been at Family First Life. It's only been inbound messages. Now, I'll I'll disclaim that with I should send outbound (laughs) messages because why would I not? And Mm -hmm. we should be headhunting and recruiting people who we think would be a good fit here because it's selfish of me not to. So I think how selfish am I that I have friends on my chicken list who FFL agents that I know of are probably doing better than them, but for whatever reason, I'm still scared to recruit them. I'm still scared to tell them about what I'm doing. And it's selfish of me because at the end of the day, it's up to them whether they decide if they want to do this or not. And who am I to steal that opportunity from them? Because I look at, I had someone tell me the other day, they were maybe five, ten levels away from me in terms of recruitment. I recruited a guy, recruited a guy, recruited a guy. And they're like, dude, thankfully Grady reached out to you. Because if Grady didn't reach out to you, you would have never reached out to him or reached out to him or reached yeah. out to him. And this has changed my life. Oh, and if, you, if, Grady didn't, if Grady didn't reach out to you, because I had a successful traditional business, if Grady didn't reach out to you, how selfish of him would that have been? Because I would have never found out about this. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind. Yeah. Sean has said that. Sean Mike has said that. From the very beginning, like if you are not sharing what you do here at Family First, it is it's selfish. It, yeah. it really is, and I think, like in in the reality of things, I, I always found it really weird that people are like, "Well, I can't I can't share this opportunity until I do really well in it." Well, if you both joined a company that paid you a W two at the same time, would you think the same thing? Well, I'm not going to let you know that my company is is hiring no. because I want to get in there and do really well. You don't think that way. Mm-hmm. So so that thought process here has always just dumbfounded me yeah. in a way because why would you keep someone else from having the same opportunity that you have? That just and, and being overly grateful, I think, is um, I, I think that's how you should come into this yeah. business because a lot of people don't. Uh, but so let's talk a little bit because I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you phony. Um, but when you, one of the things I loved about your, your sharing your hall of fame journey today was that you spoke about this, this thought process of kind of living in the middle when you're dialing, like not taking too much personal and being able to call the same number 20 times in a day. Mm-hmm. Like when did you get to a point where that didn't like that did not bother you. You just kept doing it and kept yeah. doing it. 
I mean, it didn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very hesitant on the phones in the beginning. I remember when we talked about triple dialing, I was like, let's dial them twice. I don't know, <laughs> three times. Let's go dial them three twice. Three times is absurd. But there's, some, but there's something crazy that happens on the third dial. They answer. I know. They answer. And there's something even crazier that happens on the 27th dial. <laughs> they also answer. Um, and also on the 21st sometimes. So you just have to be willing to understand that there's not some scary person that can even jump through the phone. I also use burner numbers. So whatever, like you're, if, if you decide to have a crazy client on the other end, it happens sometimes. I'll burn the number, get a new yeah. one. And they send in a request. Um, but it took a while to get to that point. I think it was hearing more and more stories of um, call a family and they go, well, actually, um, this is their daughter and they passed away last week. Oh, yeah. You know, you hear that kind of story or getting uh-huh. your first death claim, which I've had a few. Um, and also just understanding that there was, when I had an experience where I was able to book a client that was really mad that I was calling and then I got there and got them set up and protected their family and they were grateful. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I just got a hug from this client who ripped my head off on the phone. (laughs) Why would I not fight for every single appointment? People are so much tougher on the phone too. Like they'll, they will be the worst version of themselves. And by the way, you don't know what's happening in their life that day. They, it could be the worst day of their life. You don't know. You just called the number because they asked you for help and it is what it is, but people are always tougher. I like that thought process of like, no one can physically harm you on the phone. Right. I I tell agents all the time. I promise no one's died yet dialing the phone. Like that is not, I promise promise that's not happened in the history of time no mm-hmm. one's died while they were dialing the phone for someone who asked them to help them yeah uh so i i, I love everything uh jamie the the information that you put out is awesome and we're super grateful for it uh i think you know always reach out and and be getting better looking up uh the the folks that share these podcasts i think the podcast thing was funny because i'll talk about oh i've got to do a podcast in the office and my friends that are not in the business are like, you do the podcast? Like, that's interesting. Yeah. What does that mean? And then it opens up conversation, mm-hmm. right? Thank you for sharing everything, that the recruiting pieces especially, um, as we you know want to help as many people as we can go out and help families because it's awesome and we love doing what we do. Um, thank you so much, yes, Jamie, for being here. We appreciate it. Again, just remember when you are taking the climb in your everyday life that once you move that mountain, right? It's not really moving the mountain. It's you moving yourself to get better. So have a great day, guys. Thank you so much.